Heather McDonald has got the juices scoop. When you're on the road, when you're on the go, Juicy Scoop is the show to know. She talks Hollywood tales, her real life Mr. Sacred serial data, and serial sister. You'll be addicted and addicted fast to the number one tabloid real life podcast. Listen in, listen up. Woo woo. Heather McDonald. Juicy Scoop. Hello and welcome to Juicy Scoop. I am back from my weekend doing my show. I'm wearing this adorable shirt that these two cute guys gave me. Um, of course, on my YouTube, if you like watching me on YouTube, I have these, some great photos from the weekend. And I'm sorry about these two cute guys. I don't remember their names. But they did give me this shirt, which is my scoop is juicier than yours with McDonald on the back and 70 because that's the year I was born and I'm proud to be on this earth this long. Um, also, super cute outfit. Thank you, Alice and Olivia. You know I love their stuff. So I felt like a million bucks doing my show. I want to thank everybody who went and basically the show is even more juicy scoop than I'm going to reveal right now that and so much more juice with Carlos King and you can still watch it for the next five days on the stream, you can go to heathermcdonald.net. But it was so great, Palladium Theater. Now, this crowd, this is what it was like, just crazy crowd waiting in line at, no, not BravoCon, to come see me. I really do appreciate it. Oh, so I really do appreciate it because I know what a busy weekend it was for the people that were running around New York. So let's get into the scoop, some of the latest scoop that's happened since I've left. Oh, also... I gave out these little onesies. People love the Juicy Scoop onesies, the latest onesie, which I gave out to a very pregnant girl. I think she's doing like a week, but she came to my show, which is the Juicy Scoop is here. I got, is how I got here. That is also at heathermcdonald.net. I love the onesies because, you know, the babies, they just get into it right come, coming home from the hospital and they look smashing. Okay, so I've been seeing everything like you guys have. Page Six has been putting a lot up. A lot of other of my other favorite content providers who are were there, who are into Bravo, were posting a lot. I was posting stuff, um, but I'm going to talk about the things that that I find the juiciest. So, in one of the panels, Erica Jane got asked. It was a big question. Erica Jane had to ask it. And they mixed a lot of different franchises and stuff together on all the panels. So this was just one of them, and I believe it happened Sunday. They asked her, um, who will be the next couple to split up? And Erica didn't have to think about it. And she said, Dorit and PK, and then spun around and went back to her seat. And my first thought, and I actually wrote it on the Page Six article, was, what a gross question to ask. Sorry, Bravo. Like, Gross. You know, a lot of people were saying, Heather, why weren't you asked to um, run a panel? Hey, if they ask me next time, I'll consider it. But I would never have asked that question if I had to. I think, you know, no matter what, as much as we love to talk about the gossip and everything, these are families. And I'm not mad at Erica Jane either because that's what people want to see, unfortunately. They want to see the snarky and the meanness. But it just kind of was like, wow, I don't know. Maybe Eric, I'm hoping that Erica walked back and said to Dorit, maybe this is going to get us next season. Don't even worry about it. I know you're good, babe. I don't know. But maybe there is something more deep-rooted into it. It got people talking. I'm talking about it today. But for me, I thought the question was gross. Okay. Also, Heather Dubrow, I guess, stated that um, 
Let's see that. She said that Erica Jane has been the rudest to her out of all the housewives from all over the franchise, according to Heather Dubrow. And there was some major snubbing. Now, let me tell you about how crazy BravoCon is. So when it happened three years ago, it was so, so many less people. I heard it was 5,000 people in 2019. And this weekend, it was 35,000 people. Now, the place definitely could hold that many people, this big Javits Center. But there were a a lot of problems with it. And you probably heard people were comparing it to... um, on you know online con meaning or waiting in line con meaning they had to wait in line so much instead of BravoCon that it was like a fire fire festival and um, I w- had my ticket I went with Annie and I walked in and it was really listen I felt like you know when the minute I walked in I felt like Sally Field when Whoopi Goldberg tried to cheer her up in soap dish and took her to the mall in New Jersey I mean I really did love it but it made me nervous because. At a certain point, I wanted to get to the panels that I wanted to see, that I wanted to report on, and people kept stopping me for photos. And I felt like, oh, my God, now if I say no after I just took seven photos because I'm losing time and if I'm going to miss out on my chance to talk to my friends who are talent or watch their panel, then is that person going to go tell Page Six and say, Heather McDowell snubbed me? And even among the talent, they have so many people. Like I was backstage with many of many of the talent on throughout the day on Friday, um, and I'm talking to them, and we're taking photos. But there's like limited time, and everybody's grabbing at each other. And I think the talent does really love being together and backstage before the Watch What Happens Live so that they connect, take photos. Many of them are friends from different franchises. Let's get dinner. Let's get drinks. Come on my podcast, whatever. But, you know, was was Heather DeBrow snubbed? I don't know. Probably everybody felt snubbed by someone one time or another throughout the weekend. I just don't think anyone can behave completely pleasing to every single person at the time because it was crazy. And uh, a lot of the people were very hungry. Something I heard is that they did not plan um, meal breaks for this talent. And I know people want to be skinny, but, you know, you don't eat after a while. At a certain point, I had to get some food. And I was getting, you know, so many people were being so sweet and wanting to get a photo with me, which you guys know I love that. But at a certain point, Annie had to scream, she's going to faint again. (laughs) And then people are like, I'm your biggest fan. Wait, you fainted? And I'm like, well, then you're not my biggest fan. If you don't know that I <laughs> that I fainted, then you like are not my biggest fan. But like, no, seriously. And then I got to this room that was part of the SVIP where they said there was food. And I thought there was going to be like sandwiches and stuff. There were chips and cookies and kind bars, which is really all you need as you're like running to the next thing. But, you know, that was my other complaint. Also, I would say... The people working at the Javits Center with the BravoCon shirts on, all extremely nice, polite people. Now, I'm assuming this is a gig that they had to hire to do this show. However, you think if you walk up to someone with a BravoCon shirt and you're like, which way is the Don't Be For The Tardy stage or which way is the Giovanni stage, that they wouldn't be able to say, it's that way. Literally, how many people did we ask, Annie? Like 15 of like, where do I go for the SVIP place? Where's the bathrooms? Literally nobody knew. One email I got, because let me tell you something. If there was ever a convention full of people that might have Karen um, (laughs) tendencies, it's fucking BravoCon. It's a lot of Karens. And 
a good thing about a Karen is that they know when they've been wronged and they know how to write an excellent email afterwards. And some of these girls were writing me to be like, Heather, can you get the word out? I want to give you the scoop of what went wrong. So there were some things that went wrong. I think for the most part, it's really fucking fun. I don't like that people are like, ew, what is this? Who would go to a convention about Bravo? Okay, so what about Comic-Con? What about CrimeCon? What about... uh? The millions of thousands and thousands of dollars that men over their lifetime spend on going to football games. You know, if you want to spend five or six thousand dollars on a blowout killer week weekend in New York once a year, I think this is a great, fun, freaking thing to do. Um, so anyway, that's what I was going to say about that. What what I heard and that like you know some of the seats that were reserved for the people that had the special tickets they didn't get to sit sit there. At one point there was this uh, stampede because Andy walked out right before Real Housewives of Beverly Hills panel, which everyone thought was going to be you know the juiciest moment of all, which I did too, and I had the special. Uh, bracelet. But at that point, it was too late and I didn't have a seat. So then I just went to a few rows where I saw people had saved seats. And I said, who would like to give me their empty seat next to you that you're saving for no one? I will give you all the juicy scoop. And a very nice woman named Chris said, come sit next to me. If you got nothing nice to say, sit next to me. So I'm like, I'm right here. So I sat right down and, um, and the girls all looked gorgeous. Yes, they started to boo when Rena walked out. She had a long walk. But by the time she got on the stage, she flipped them off and they cheered. So to be honest, there was really not much juice in that. I cover a lot of this on the live stream if you want to watch that. But um, but that, that was something that was interesting. Also with Heather Dubro at the Bravo, at the uh, Watch What Happens Live taping, there was a, that was um they were having technical difficulties so that took a long taping but if you were there it was kind of fun because Andy was between the breaks um he was you know for not for the show to be seen just for the people in the audience he was going around and asking all the different talent there was 140 people on stage different um questions and that part was really fun so I believe he went up to Tamara and he's like Tamara you're back how's it going and she's like well I'm saving the show I'm making it watchable something like that and then they go what do you think Heather who was down at the other end of the row from her and Heather Dubrow um basically said something like well I believe the whole is greater than the sum of its parts or whatever that expression is and um she was very eloquent and you know, if she was running for Miss California, well, though I do believe she was in a pageant when she was younger. I want to say she was like in Syrac- Miss Syracuse or something um, as as a former Miss Tarzana contestant. She said it beautifully. It was very nice, but it was one of those answers that I definitely think she had thought about. And it was good. So I think OC is going to be really good. And um but yeah, you know, did Erica Jane maybe snub her? Possibly, or she didn't even know, or like I said, you're distracted and whatever. She was, oh, she was Miss Syracuse. She was Miss Congeniality in the New York State pageant. Good for you, Heather DeBro. You handled yourself great when asked that question. I was there. Now, Jen Shaw of Salt Lake City. This was, the last two days of this was going crazy between Saturday and Sunday. Apparently, ever since she said that to court. Yes, I am guilty. She is now going to be sentenced. I think it got pushed. It was going to be November. I think it got pushed to December now. 
according to the sources that I have, allegedly, once she admitted to being guilty after she had said over and over, I'm innocent, she said it on Watch What Happens Live, she said it to Andy, she said it on interviews, she said it to her castmates, her producers. Once she admitted to her guilt, they said, we're done with you now. We're done with you. And I don't know if that means she's not going to make any more Watch What Happens Live appearances up until she goes to prison. Does that mean she won't go to the reunion? But she was not invited to participate in BravoCon. But she showed up anyway to New York City in a ball gown with her glam squad and went to the hotel that they were all staying at. And according to Tamara, like went to Tamara's room and plopped in her makeup chair and, and got some free touch-ups and um, said, oh, well, I'm coming anyway. I'm going to come to the Watch What Happens live taping right now. And Tamara then let Andy know or somebody know, and they said, we have extra security. You're not welcome. She then went on to say, this is all not true. She went on Twitter. It's not true. Um, I was paid anyway for BravoCon, so so there. Well, you don't get paid before you make an appearance. I believe what happened is they're told they're going to get their paycheck for their time, which I don't think is a lot of money. Um, Of course, their accommodations and everything are covered. Uh, but I don't really know how much I care and glamour covered. I know they have to get their own outfits. So it's not like a money-making experience for these celebrities, these housewives and stuff. But, I mean, if you want to play the game and, and keep your job, be a, a corporate girl and show up. But in this case, I think that, um, you know, I think she got herself there and she's pretty delusional and I think they really are done with her. So I, my question is, will she do the reunion or she will, she will do the reunion because that was part of her contract before she said she was guilty? I don't know. I find this really juicy and I want to know more about it. Um, of course, I was watching Salt Lake City and um, I think it's going to – I think that one is getting juicier too, the actual show. Um, they did announce the new cast members for the Real Housewives of New York. And these the women, um, I don't really know any of them, but they're all very attractive. They look to be all in their 30s or early 40s. Um, many of them are mothers and businesswomen. They all seem to have like somewhat of a legit career. Of course, there's a plastic surgeon's wife. I feel like that is like every franchise needs to have one plastic surgeon's wife. Everybody has a lot of people on Instagram, a good, decent um, following on Instagram, except one only has 2,000 people. But um, this one girl right here, she wore kind of a crazy outfit. Her juicy scoop is she had a, a, she's like a designer. She does everything from like clothing. She used to work for like J. Crew or something. Anyway, she was married with a couple kids or a child, and now she's a late-in-life lesbian with a woman. She's also sporting, a, like, natural gray kind of hair in the front, which, as I age, um, thank God for Madison Reed. But, you know, I don't know. If this is a trend to let the gray come, I might enjoy it. Not right now, but good for you, girl. But also, when you're going gray at 30, it still looks kind of better on your face. But... So they're all like very chic. They all live in the city. And I think the whole thing is like, let's invest in younger women because hopefully they're going to, I think the goal of Bravo is that these girls are a hit. And just like the previous cast of Real Housewives of New York, they go on for 15 years. So the next question is, are they going to do the Legends of New York cast? And here is my prediction. 
there's no um there's nothing in the works about that um so i think what's going to happen is they are going to wait a minute they're going to also see let me get to they're going to also see how luann and sonia's new show welcome to crappy lake does they showed that trailer where the two of them go on some adventures in a small town and very much like The Simple Life. And then we saw that trailer during one of the panels. I think they're going to see how that does um, before they think about bringing any of the cast back together for a real season of Real Housewives. My prediction is they definitely will still employ Ramona, Sonia, Luann, and um, you know probably Jill Zarin too, and uh, Cynthia Bailey. The legends of the franchise that are not currently on cast are just going to do more of those ultimate girl trip things because financially, I think to pay them each about 100000 for a week and only have pay a crew for a week and still get eight, nine episodes out of it sometimes, and they're so well-received and they're so juicy that it's like a win for everybody. And it's also kind of a win also for the for the talent, you know, they're 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 not sharing their families. They can just have fun for a week or it's not so fun, but still they knock it out and they stay relevant and they can still come back to BravoCon and we still get to see our girls and kind of that's the direction I think they're going to go in because I think the complaint of like bringing the legends back of New York is like, I don't know, do we need to see, you know, Sonia get drunk and R- Ramona possibly say something that offends somebody and then apologize for it. I just feel like right now they are going to take this time to break from it to kind of see where to go. But, um, you know, I, I love all these girls and, you know, love Luann. And so I, I, I want them to always still stay in the franchise, but that's what I think they're going to do. I think they're going to let the new cast of New York breathe for like a year being the only New York cast. That's my prediction. Um, Okay, the other great, okay, the ultimate girls trip, um, which won't come out till 2023, season three, where they go to Thailand. Is it Thailand? That looks really funny, really juicy. Annie went to a producer session on it on Friday morning, and the question came up, did Leah of New York throw elephant shit at her cast and then have the Thailand government throw her out? And they said, well, there was... um, there was water with elephants and there was shit in the water and they wanted them, all the girls to get in there. The producers did and the girls didn't, but Leah did. And then when she got in there, then she splashed the elephant shit water at the other girls. But it was your understanding. She was not thrown out of the country, right? She was not thrown out of the country, but that incident did happen. They showed a small clip of it. Um, which is so gross. I was always really grossed out when they also went to the Bahamas and they'd go on those horseback riding in the ocean and then you'd see the horse's shit and then like one of them would fall off. Like I never want to be in bodies of water with animals and their shit. Like, ugh. Anyway, so good for Leah. Leah was wearing a real weird outfit. I forgot to put a photo on in here where she had a cone bra on and pants. So very Julia Fox of her. And... I thought maybe they would have included her in the new cast because she is younger, but they did not. So I think she's probably, I don't know what's going to happen to her, but that's not a great sign. Um, Let me see what else I have here. Uh, Jen, Jen from Real Housewives of um, New Jersey. So as you know, they, they split up the panels 
They were all supposed to be together with their spouses. They split up the panels. And um, so that uh, Teresa and Louie and Joe and Melissa were not together. And they were asked about it. And Melissa said, it wasn't because of me. I, I looked forward to being on the stage with Teresa and telling her what I think. It's my understanding they made calls to make this split happen. Teresa said, no, it's, you know, not true. I, I'm just, she acted very innocent throughout the whole weekend about it. But in this panel, Jennifer, who is good friends with Teresa, who was on the Teresa panel with their spouses, said, I think Joe and Melissa are hanging on for dear life. They're trying to do anything and say anything to stay on this show because their, their days are numbered. Something to that effect. It got back to Joe Gorga and fans caught them in the hallway of the hotel that they're all staying at. And he called he uh, he called Jen like desperate, loser a, a desperate loser wannabe. Joe Gorga did, and Jennifer took a drink, a full drink in her hand, and threw it at him. And it was caught on video. And there was one guy in between. I don't know if he was part of the security of the hotel or someone's assistant. He got a little bit wet, but the drink was definitely being thrown at Joe Gorga. So I mean. That season is going to be crazy good. Um, and then Katie from Real Housewives, sorry, from Katie Maloney, who I got to enjoy. I went out to dinner with Katie and Lala twice, along with um, Sophia F. from her podcast, um, from the Sophia F. podcast. We, we had a lot of fun. But Katie revealed on her panel with Vanderpump Rules that she's dating a 25-year-old. Listen, I got lots of juicy scoop from that weekend, and that's just the tip of the iceberg and the juicy tip, if you know what I mean. And um, so it, I think Vanderpump's going to be really good. And I definitely feel like there's two teams. There's the, it, which is crazy because it's Katie and like, you know, her friends, which is basically Lala and some of the girls. And then the other side is her ex-husband now, Tom Schwartz. We know that he got together with Raquel and then the, so there's a lot going on, and I think it's going to be really juicy. Here are a couple that we saw their entire relationship, their breakups, their fights, their marriages, their marriage, and their wedding and everything. We have a couple that we've watched for 10 years get divorced. Like, I think there's going to be a lot to watch and to observe on that show. So I think that's something to look forward to. And so here's my idea, you guys. If this comes back next year, which I also have a prediction that I wouldn't be surprised if they skipped next year and they do it like every other because it's such an undertaking. But I also think they made a lot of money off of it. So my suggestion to you, if you do not have unlimited funds, now if you have unlimited funds, go buy the three-day SVIP ticket and that way it's like getting a a year-round pass to Disneyland. You don't feel like you have to be there all day. You're good. If you go four or five hours, you'll feel like you got enough. But if money is an issue and it's the same program in the future, I would say get the VIP ticket for one day and buy the add-ons for that day. Kill it on that day. Trust me. If you're a big fan of all the Bravo stuff, you're bound to at least see one or two things you're truly interested in and Kill it like you would Disneyland. Wear tennis shoes, wake up early, have some snacks with you. Like, Also, study the Javits Center. Know where all your stuff is so that you know to run 15, maybe leave a panel when there's like 15 minutes left, possibly, if you have to, or 
you know, this, because I don't know how they're going to work next year. They may not allow saving seats. So, like, you're going to have to really plan it out, but also feel like you got the most out of it. Definitely do the photo booth things, which I couldn't do because I, too many people were coming up to me. Sorry. But, like, that that stuff is really funny. Fun seeing the walking around to all the different booths. You want to make sure you do all that. I think all in all, people had a wonderful time. Nothing is perfect. Essentially, it's the first time they really did it because three years ago didn't count. It was in a completely different space and was like, you know, not even one-tenth of the size. So that is my suggestion. I loved doing my show. I had a great weekend. We had so much fun. And Everything is at heathermcdonald.net. Next is we're going to see you this weekend in Vegas. I just spoke to my agent. There are, are some tickets left, and that is with Chris, Justin, and Brandy and Julie. That is going to be all the pop culture juicy scoop that we will cover some housewife stuff there too. So it's going to be so funny and juicy. We'll see you at the Venetian this weekend. Everything is at heathermcdonald.net. After that, I've got, um, I think, Second Show Dallas. There's still tickets available. Boston is almost sold out. Philly and D.C. are all almost sold out. So go get those tickets. Those are all with Chris Vangela. Texas is with Justin. And then I'm going to take a little bit of a break. So this has been a lot of fun. And now for my very juicy interview. Hello and welcome to Juicy Scoop. I'm very excited to talk to one of the prettiest girls I think I've ever seen. So hop on over to YouTube and subscribe if you're listening. (laughs) It's Lindsay Palos. I'm going to put up your Instagram. Um, is it true or not true that you are, in fact, a Juicy Scooper yourself? Heather, I am one of your biggest fans. Like, seriously, huge fan, big Juicy Scooper. I love Chris Brangiola, Brainy and Julie, um, everyone. I'm a Tuesday, Thursday. It's like crack. I Thank you for your service. Thank you. Yeah. I, I love it. I think I started following you, I don't know, maybe like a year ago. I came across a podcast that you did, you're a guest on. And I'm like, this girl's so interesting. And then I'm like, my God, I go to your Instagram, 8.7 million followers, absolutely stunning. The main picture is teeny tiny. Were you? Do you believe that you started the trend of undertick cleavage? No, I wish I did. Who is the pioneer of that movement? It's fascinating to me as someone that always you know, wore a triangle top to support the bottom of your tit. And yeah. now it's everywhere. Girls are all wearing their bikini tops the opposite ways. Nobody's showing top cleavage. <laughs> Side cleavage had a moment. No one yeah. gives a shit about the sides. Mm-mm. It's all about the bottom. And why do you think that guys are asking for t- bottom tit fun? What is going on? I feel like guys just want any kind of tit fun. So you just provide whatever kind you've got. So if you got overflow, we work with that. If you got the side tit, we'll give them that. Everyone's got a little under tit, right? Like it's just like a Yeah, but universal. now it's just like such a fashionable thing. Like have yeah. a crop top that's really cropped. I can't wear those either. So I don't know. What do you mean you can't? Now you like, have, no, mine, are, mine will like flop around. You know what I mean? Like your, I just, your boobs in person don't look as uncontained as they are on your Instagram. Yeah. Um, but your boobs are real. Yeah. Which is which is fun. Yeah. It's it's been interesting. It's certainly <laughs> shaped uh, a lot of my life experiences, you know. And I grew up in Louisiana, so having huge boobs with a bit of an outgoing personality got me into some trouble and people didn't like that. And it made me kind of a different, you know. I just woman. realized that here I am, a mother 
female empowerment woman. And you come on my show, and all I did was ta- start the show talking about your tits, like a gross, <laughs> like, like shock jock in like Mississippi or whatever. Like I don't know, somewhere where, he, like, I used to do morning radio when mm-hmm. I'd go do stand up, and it would be like the worst. And I remember one time, this um, PR person at the comedy clubs is like do you want to go to this guy's radio show because, like, Natasha Leggero and Whitney Cummings won't do it because he's such a pig. Ooh. And I'm like, well, I still have 100 tickets to sell. So I'll be with the pig. I don't yeah. fucking care. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm like, okay, let's. So anyway, I, I was into you because not only are you just really pretty, but um, I'm just kind of interested in your story. And you're really successful as Instagram model, normal, regular, legit model, but then doing your own thing on OnlyFans, which I've, I'm really fascinated by, and I think it's great and how different people use this, that they can be their own boss and, you know, not to be dependent on anybody. So I want to get into that. But so let's just start a little bit of like how you got your start. So you were this girl in Louisiana. Yeah. Girl in Louisiana, huge boobs. Um, they were crazier. (laughs) They were crazier when I was younger too, because I had all that subcutaneous. Now, were you that girl that, um, you know, got her period young or were you, were you overdeveloped too young? Because I always think that's difficult for pretty girls where all of a sudden you're playing with Barbies and the next there's grown men can't help oh, but yeah. notice you, you know, and it's like. Well, you know, you're so dumb when you're young. So, like, I didn't realize when I was a, I had to be a cashier at a grocery store. That was my uh, first job I was forced to have. And, uh, like, grown men would bring me gifts, and I didn't think that was odd. And now <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was so, so fucking crazy. So you were, like, 16? Crazy. Yeah, 16. I had teachers that made comments about boobs. And um, What would a teacher say? I'll never forget. I had one teacher who was speaking with a woman teacher. There was a man and a woman, and they said, uh, yeah, and she must be 100 pounds soaking wet. And look at those things. And they just... They just kind of laughed about it. Like, it was just weird. Right in front of you. Yeah. It wasn't so... It didn't feel that terrible. Did you ever have a teacher hit on you? For real? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I, maybe not. I don't know. I don't well, know I, if I gave that inviting uh, personality. I, I, I seem like a I problem. It's probably... It's not the inviting personality, actually. It's mm-hmm. usually the girl that's, you know, really shy or quiet, maybe doesn't have a ton of friends, not a lot of confidence. <laughs> I did not, didn't mean to laugh, but no, yeah, but I got think, me No, but I think you're too confident. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They... the. The groomers and the predators go after the kids that, you know, just the parents aren't super involved in the school that, you know, like the the target, the one that they think that they can get to. And so um, it's not necessarily the prettiest, you know, outgoing girl that is the one that's getting lured upon because they know that also they probably know that they wouldn't have a chance with someone that's, you know, whatever already out there. Like, so did you, what was your high school experience? Were you the prom queen? Were you, what was the I was pretty cool. I grew up in a farm town. pretty cool. (laughs) I grew up in a dairy farm town in Louisiana. And so we didn't, we weren't so clicky. Like we loved kind of the nerdier people and the athletic people. We could all mesh well together because it was such a small town. And um, I was voted most ambitious. I was president oh, really? of the Spanish club, class treasurer. Do you speak Spanish? Un poco. I tested out in college. I actually knew enough to test out of four years of Spanish in college. But oh, good. I couldn't speak it fluently, but I can read almost any Spanish. Okay, which is, good. Yeah. I don't know. Great. I don't know what I'm going to use that for, but... Well, use it for you. are in L.A. Yeah. You can use it all the time. That's yeah. great. But yeah. everyone speaks... Um, yeah, so I did good in, in high school. I was popular. Yeah. But and then where did you go to college? I went to LSU. Oh, okay. I graduated with a history degree. Oh, so and what, what was your college experience like? I worked the whole time. I, I was one of those kids whose parents um, 
my parents are nice, but I earned a scholarship to get to college. And my parents then, and, are nice. Yeah, they're nice people, but they weren't they're uh, not paying rich. my bills. Yeah. I had to do, you know, I took care of myself. So as soon as I could start working, I worked nonstop. And I'd work at Hooters and I'd work double shifts. And, oh, you got a Hooters job. Mm-hmm. Do you wear those nylons? Oh my God, I wore it all. The experience was wild. I still have dreams about it. There's you a lot do? of trauma. Like, what do you mean you have dreams that you like didn't put in the right wing yep, order? Exactly. I had those kind of dreams too when I was a waitress. Where'd you work? I worked at a place called Carol O'Connor's Place. He was an actor from a show called um, All in the Family. And I didn't realize at the time, but he probably just had this restaurant as like a tax write-off. <laughs> oh, shit. But it was like a nice restaurant in Beverly Hills. And I... Like, one of my scariest moments was um, putting in the order for everybody when, when I took it. And it was, like, these rich Beverly Hills people, like, executives or whatever that worked around there. And they said, oh, and we'd like a lamb chop to go. And I was like, okay. And I never put in that lamb chop. And I, it chop, and I put down that check. And they're like, oh, and the lamb chop. And it was, like, a trickle of pee, <laughs> sweat. And the manager's oh, no. like, what's wrong, Heather? And I'm just like, I, like, I, just, I might as well just run down Robertson Boulevard and just fucking call it a day because my life's over. Like, I just, it was so scary. Because I was like, I knew how long the lamb chops took. And I was like, the fact that, like, what is going to happen? And they are, who is this lamb chops for? And it's going back it's to trauma. the boss. And it's like, but I mean... Trauma. So what are, your, what are your dreams about with the chicken wings? Just like I'll forget an order. I yeah. forget to throw. We did those throwing. You know, we would like zip it on the line and throw it oh, to the kitchen. Okay. So I'd forget it or something. But Hooters was a lot of trauma too because you just got straight up berated and abused kind of all day. And they worked us pretty hard. We had a lot of chores. So okay. I was very busy in there. And did you get a lot of great <laughs> tips because you were such an attractive Hooters girl? I got great tips. I will say, though, as someone who was a veteran Hooters girl and I worked at a, a veteran, I worked at a You're Twin a Peaks <laughs> for Hooters, four years, calendar girl. Like, I, I you know, I was on it. Now, because you, you start at like, a hierarchy. You start at like number 60 on the schedule. And I probably ended at like four. And what? And what's deal. that like? Friday, Saturday night, happy hour? Like that's any shift the best. you want. The bar shifts, you know, stuff like that. And when you say you were a Hooters girl calendar, now do you get paid for that? Was no. that your first modeling gig? That was my first modeling okay. gig. I don't remember being paid for that, but we probably got promo paid time when we went to sign them around the state. So I went to do calendar tour signings around the state of Louisiana. And at this point, is like Playboy <laughs> reaching out to you or anything? No, and but I was like dying to do Playboy because I'd uh-huh. watched it on TV forever. Oh, you were watching The Girls Next Door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that stuff. Did you hear my interview with them? I did. I love them. I love that I got Thank all you. the freaking juice. So much juice. I, I, I was saw like, Kendra the other day at Casa Vega. Did you say hi? I said hi to Jessica, who's her girlfriend. Yeah. And we met, but. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Kendra was a little more reserved because when I had her on, she was all about the real estate. Mm -hmm. But she was still honest that like, okay, we all know that we all had to take turns and hop on the old dick, you know? And so then when the two other girls came (laughs) in, I was just like, all right. And then now they're just, they're ready to spill it, you know, because they're like doing their thing. So, okay. So you're you're doing the wings. You graduate. Then what happens? Um, well, I had a bucket list. I wanted Wait, did to... anybody really bad? Did, was any like buddy try to grab you when you were dropping off the wings and get like thrown out? Was there any like dramatic Hooters One, moment? There was a when I bartended at Twin Peaks. It's like a Hooters on steroids. It's just oh okay, you know, even naughtier outfits, but not. It's still family friendly. Oh, but it's enough. like a different outfit. Yes, so sick. What, you, what's you the do outfit? A whole episode on restaurants like of Texas. What's, but what's the outfit? That it's like were... a lumberjack crop top and like oh, these I've khaki seen shorts. That. Oh, okay. We made bank. It was such a fun job. The food was amazing. But one guy called me a slut straight up, and my boss heard it, and he picked him up by the shoulders and yanked him out, and 
I was finally vindicated. But for every guy that got thrown out, I mean, there was 500 who said the rudest, most obnoxious shit. So I learned to deal with men, like, honestly, pretty well. And, and did you <clears throat> have a serious boyfriend during that time or anything? Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, one guy, yeah, I lived with for two years. Mm-hmm. And I would just go work at the bar and put the cash in a drawer in my bathroom. I was addicted to it. Addicted to making them cash? Mm-hmm. Good for you. It was very fun. Once I could make money, I really And none stop. of that, and that boyfriend was never jealous of the fact that you'd leave in a skimpy outfit? No. Okay. Yeah. So then, okay, so then when did you come to LA? What happened from from Twin Peaks to the boyfriend to, <laughs> I feel like this is like the Pamela Anderson story. Anderson story. Oh, Go man. On. It gets weird. Well, I had a bucket list dream. I wanted to cheer for the Saints. It was something that I okay. thought, and I hadn't danced uh-huh. in a million years. My parents were divorced. So I quit dancing. So while I was bartending, I hired a trainer, and I would train on the weekends, and then I started cheering for an, a minor league hockey team. Because in my head, I was going to get ready to cheer for the bigger team. So this is how I was going to get my practice and learn how to dance again. <laughs> I am weird. If I have a goal, I'm going to do it. Like, okay. So I did it. I joined this team. And then and don't you make like $10 a game? Exactly. I probably lost money for sure. I definitely lost time. So I always wanted to be a cheerleader. Like watching mm-hmm. the game. My dad would play a lot of – would watch a lot of football. And he was a football player. So when I was younger, of course, I like Dallas because I love white cowboy boots. And I was just like – and my mom goes, you know those girls only make $15 a game. She knew that. Yeah. And I was like – also, I never would have made it. But I just remember thinking that. I'm like, my yeah. God, they're on national TV. They're the reason a lot of people watch. I'm like, they only make $15. And get, like, No, it's horrible. That's awful. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, it makes It's still like maddening how but they I treat women. But I think, like, could the goal be also that you get to dance and have fun and it's your thing. And if you've always been a dancer, whatever. But I always thought, and for SC cheerleading too, USC cheerleading, it's more about not even that you meet the players because you're not going to have time with the players, but like you'd meet the rich, like people that own the boxes or, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. you get, maybe get to associate with some like eligible rich oh, that's bachelors. Smart. You never, never thought, thought of that? I was an idiot kid. That's I just wanted pom poms. Like, I literally I, just wanted pom poms in a cute outfit. That's what I was thinking about at nine. I'm done. I was like, look. I, I didn't play this game if, right. If I could. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm Maybe I could meet the owner. Yeah. yeah. No, that's genius. Uh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't there. I was an idiot. You were I was just like, pom-poms and I'm good. You yeah. Know? That's okay. all I wanted. But I, I cheered for maybe six weeks once the team started, and I was like, I hate how this feels. This is not fun. I felt like cattle. Yeah. Because that's how How do you go out and cheer and not slip around on the ice? <laughs> they have a carpet. Oh. They have a carpet to dance, but then we cheer in like the stadium, and it was concrete, and it was exhausting, okay. and I just didn't feel like the star. Okay. You know? I didn't like it. So then what? So then on the internet, I yeah. saw that Playboy was having a casting in Dallas. And now what year is this? I can't remember, but I was about 23, so maybe seven years ago, okay. eight uh-huh. years ago. And um, I drove to Dallas, did a casting, and they we did a shoot for their internet stuff. Yeah. The bane of my existence. They're not very hot, but... Though, oh, you don't like your photos? No. But okay. I mean, you know, I grew into myself. I thought that was interesting when mm-hmm. I had Holly and Bridget on... No, no, they didn't talk about it, but the Playboy doc talked about it. How there were all these extra things that you do, all these test shoots and stuff, mm-hmm. that, um, and all the different levels of Playboy that they only found out later that that all, they owned that yeah. and made money off of it. And they would dangle yeah. the idea of being a Playmate or right. a magazine person to get your images for other things. But that they, I might have actually been 21 at this time. I was uh-huh. much younger. So I was working with, you know, not a full deck, deck upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> so I shoot with them. and um, Now are you doing full naked? Yeah, I was naked. Okay. Butt naked. And I ended up um, posting selfies around that time. That's around when Instagram started being cool. Okay. 
And I just wanted to, you know, attract boys probably to flirt with. I have no idea. But I'd post a selfie and I'd get like 5,000 followers and it would go on and on. And by the time I decided I was shooting, but by the time I decided to move to L.A., I had 250,000 people following me while I was a bartender in Louisiana, like doing nothing. So I moved here with $3,000 that I had left after the moving truck and now, all and, the deposits. And you were single. Single. Okay. And How'd you break up with a boyfriend with the apartment? You're like, let me just clean out this one drawer and goodbye. Ooh. You kept your money. <laughs> this one, I had actually been, I left my own apartment by that time. But the boyfriend before, who was lovely, um, it was a Tuesday night. And we were sitting at like a BJ's brewery type spot. I like BJ's. Yeah. I mean, it's a vibe. Yeah. But I was like, <laughs> I literally looked at him and I said, are you satisfied with this life? And he was like, what do you mean? And I was oh. like, does this fulfill you? Like, do you need anything more than this? Because I was having this like internal panic that I did. That you might just end up at BJ's for the next 7,000 Friday Seven, nights. Yeah. yeah. And I was going to live and die in Louisiana. And that was my story. Because after right. college, you can't, like everything's set in your mind. But then once you're done, you're like, wait, what's my story now? I think, I think the, like, the last semester or even the whole senior year, even for me, um, and I was already in L.A., but just like that, that, this, that this kind of routine of like knowing that you're going towards a goal, but then you're done with the goal and you don't really know what's next, yeah. I think can be a really, really stressful time. And it's a lot of internal stress that people have their senior year. Yeah. So I was having these internal gut feeling kind of thoughts that I can't live and die here. I would actually be afraid. Um, I kept thinking I was going to die, honestly. I kept thinking I was going to choke on my food or I'd get in a car accident. Like I had this. Pre- like a chicken wing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you eat a lot of chicken wings? So much. You and ate the food. Ate the food. Okay. Love the food. Hooters food really was so bomb. And and when you I've eat only them, been there like twice, dude, and good. I have to say the chicken is fucking good. It's so good. Yeah, no, it's yeah. so good. They did that right. Like, yeah, it's really good. But yeah, I thought I was. I can't live Wait, and die can here. Can Hooters still be like as like risque and gorgeous girls in this like post woke uh, era of life? Can they still like? choose girls that look like you or no i feel like even when i worked there the girls who were cast to work there were pretty different i think that people would think the hooters girl would be like you know skinny person big boobs yeah blonde hair it was very different than that it was a lot of different types of women and and the one i worked at had women of all ages okay different sizes different backgrounds so it wasn't really what people thought but everyone really did you ever see fortune femesters uh hooters girl the cooter shooter yeah absolutely we loved it. I'm pretty sure I watched it there. I'm pretty no. I'm sure we watched because that at like Hooters. The, she had that was such a funny, amazing bit. <laughs> and like since then, I feel like a lot of people have kind of like copied it. But she was the original, just putting her body in that outfit and just fucking killing it. So funny. We yeah. loved it. No, yeah. we definitely saw that whilst yeah. working at Hooters because yeah. they might have dropped at the same time. So. It was good. But yeah, I thought I was going to live in, I couldn't live and die there. I asked the boyfriend at dinner, like, you know, is this what you want? He said, yeah, I love it here. This is great. He had baseball on the TV. Yeah. And I was like, I'm out. And um, how did you say I'm out? I I said, I don't think, no, you know what? It was probably chaos. I'm sure I caused some serious chaotic breakup. I have no idea. Knowing myself at that age, I'm sure I did. No, I mean, I think it would be heartbreaking if he... Mm-hmm. Kind of thought like, yeah, this is it. And I have this beautiful blonde girlfriend. We're happy. You know what? And then you're like, 
I will say though, but he never asked you to marry him yet. You were not engaged. No. And but. his name was Aaron, and Aaron did fuck my coworker after that. Wait. So he got me back. You know, oh, wait, we don't feel bad for Aaron. Out? Oh, they did it right in front of my face. They were like, you know, it what was hard mean, right in front of your face. Then. I thought you, bro- you broke up. Yeah, with we them. broke up with this coworker that I yeah. worked with who yeah. was terrible. Her, she was a terrible. She was a terrible freak. waitress or a ter- terrible person. A human, like all around. Okay, checked all and not boxes. a good Hooters waitress. Hell no, she was annoying. Wouldn't show up. Smoked weed before the shift. Forgot like the ranch dressing. She's still a shithead, and she knows who she. Is. But they ended up banging. So we don't feel bad for Aaron. We left him in okay. the dust and we moved but to Los Angeles. But they were banging, but you were broken up when they started to bang. But it felt <laughs> yeah. real, yeah. really real in close your backyard. To home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real Raquel and Tom kind of vibe, do you know what I mean? Oh, from like Vanderpump. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Raquel and Tom thing in Vanderpump rules for those of you guys. That's Vanderpump rules is going to be freaking juicy. Imagine if they were working the shift. So I had that dynamic, but working a shift together. What yeah. I've heard is that's what's going to. It's really going to cause this breakup in the friendships. This is fascinating. Yeah, because how, you know, the girls like Lala that's really close to Katie, Mm -hmm. it's like, and then there's, uh, I believe Sheena is friendly with Raquel. Yeah. And so it's like, and then, but then Lala and Sheena actually get along now and are like mommies together. It's going to be juicy. I love it. It's going to be good. I'm into them. So, yeah. Okay, so then you're like, whatever, who cares? So you leave and you come to L.A. with 3000 Yeah, $3,000 left. Now, where, how do you find your apartment and all that? The internet. Okay. Uh, it was $1,700. The World Wide Web? Yeah, yeah. the World Wide Web. I was also looking for jobs on the internet at the yeah. time. So I was like trying to find a cocktail waitress job or something I knew how to do. I ended up bartending at the Avalon, which is on Vine Street by Capitol Records. And that yeah. was the last job I'd ever have to clock into, Okay, which is pretty fun. But um, yeah, I got the job off Craigslist. I barely, barely made it buy for a while you mean um, financially yeah financially yeah. i i mean i barely survived oh, were you living by yourself or did you yeah living by myself okay. with my dog and um i ended up meeting so so the first night i go out yeah i go to warwick and someone says oh we're going to the playboy mansion tomorrow it's like a halloween party oh the halloween parties were the best mm-hmm. did you have a good outfit to wear well i didn't know anyone i didn't have a ticket an outfit anything i imagine you being like in mean girls <laughs> I'm Katie. Yeah. yeah you go no. and you're like wearing something scary. No. <laughs> They're like, wait, it's the Playboy Mansion. You need to go to Trashy Lingerie and drop $600 on a corset. Yeah, and get some Molly and like yeah. do so, so many other things. No, so I, this stranger at Warwick gets my number and the next day he goes, hey, we can get you into the party. Meet us at the Roosevelt at this time. I don't even, I didn't even have the guy's name saved. That's how I got into the Playboy Mansion. Shut up. A stranger? A stranger. Divine intervention. A stranger came up to me at, oh, God, I, re- I can't remember the restaurant, but, I mean, I see the booth. And um, Bill Maher, he was a friend of Bill Maher's, and I knew Bill Maher from, like, just other parties and comedy. And so then he was like, do you want to go to the Playboy Mansion? I'm like, this guy's never going to call. And the next day, then he called. You Angels know, and, Among Us. And then I, yeah, and then I <laughs> did the same thing because – it was before I would get on the bus. I didn't have to get on the bus. Like the first time I went was like meeting somebody and driving up to the house. Oh, that's sick. And then I had to do the bus with the commoners, who were not commoners, but I love that bus ride. That was the first that time bus I saw drugs. UCLA. Like it really was the first time I saw people just doing drugs. You saw people do drugs on the bus? Oh my god! Yeah, they were the, the coke and the mom, like people were taking their drugs before they got to the party, so everything fun would hit them when they made it up the hill. They probably were. I was always so clueless about stuff like that. Okay, so you get back to you. They're like, Heather, we heard your fucking boring story. Okay, go on. We <laughs> no, want to I hear your the- good story from just a few years ago. Okay, so go on. Well, pretty much. Um, so I go. I have underwear that I have at the house, so I go buy a 
devil horns and a pitchfork. And okay. that's my costume. So I go in what? underwear and the, I got you the You mean like a, a lacy red bra and, and underwear? I had a black bra and black panties. And I I just grabbed the accessories because that's okay. all I could afford and the only thing I could okay. think of. Oh. And it rocked. And so we, we, yeah, I would we, think so. we hit the bus up the hill. So we get to the Playboy Mansion. And I go to the bar for a drink. And immediately a security guard comes up to me and he says, hey, do you want to meet Dan Blazerian? And I said, okay. You know, I knew who that guy was from the internet. I was, oh, you did already? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And um, I only discovered him like four years ago. Oh my God, Dan! He's I missed so I missed the window. It was <laughs> um, it was amazing. But um, yeah, this is Dan's um, Instagram. He's at thirty three point six, and this is why I always talk about his Instagram's amazing. Is his videos of all these stunning girls. It looks like he's the only guy there. And they go on all these amazing trips. Mm-hmm. And he has several businesses. He does. He has like um, cannabis, it, yeah, right? This company Ignite. So he yeah, does yeah. stuff. And I think it's a Kila thing now. Yeah, he has a lot going on. Okay, mm-hmm. so so they go. Do you want to meet him? And you're like, all right. And I'm like, all right. And so he comes up to me. I'm immediately actually TMZ does an interview with him, and he grabs me. So I'm like, I'm sitting there like this before we even said hi, and like being filmed for this thing. And then after, he looks at me and he goes, I like the way you jiggle. And I said, this is what the real thing looks like. And then that was it. And so we partied and uh, he kept trying to hook up with me at the mansion, to which I declined. But then we went back to his house, which was crazy. So this is my first night out. I'm 23 years old. We go to the Playboy Mansion. I'm in a Rolls Royce. I go to a house on Blue Jay Way. Which is just amazing. I am losing my mind. I am like, this is the time. This is the best night of my life. This if is I why, died right this now. This is why I left BJ's. Oh, my God. This, this is, is why what, I left BJ's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. Hope it was worth it. But, yeah, no. And so. Yeah. But uh, Dan and I, we hung out. And he's like, look, I'm, I don't do like, I can't do monogamy. You know, the girlfriend thing's really tough. But I really like you. And I want to hang out. And I was like, yeah, okay. And um, a few months would go by, and we'd hang out every now and then. Sometimes and you, I'd say, no, I'd be busy and do other things. But you were when you did hang out, you'd hook up. You'd have sex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, so we hung out for a few months. We went on adventures. I met friends. And, it and when was you'd go on wild. the adventures, were there 20 other girls on the private jet with you? Sometimes there were just a few girls. But then we'd go to events, and there'd be like 20 there. So sometimes there were a shit ton of girls. Sometimes and, it was more and mild. And when you were with him, were those other girls joining in on the sex or hitting on him or were they just like happy to get a free trip and glad that you were the girlfriend and they were like fine with it oh no everyone wanted to get a piece of dan for oh, sure really yes and even friends like i'd be that I'd, they'd come to a party with me like they'd later i'd find out they hooked up with him oh really the good news is though i so was you'd really... bring a girlfriend mm-hmm. and no she'd be friends. like oh my god thank god oh my god this is gonna be the greatest party i've yeah. heard about it yeah and then you'd find out later or would you walk in on them or what no i'd find out kind of later Okay. You know, but I was really, because Dan is a little bit more forthcoming about his behavior than other men. Right. It doesn't come off as shocking or crazy or disrespectful or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Women don't like being lied to. But if you say this is how your lifestyle is, it's up to someone to accept that or not. It's a different story. And also, I'm 23 years old. I know what I'm getting out of the situation. I'm having a fun. And are you you getting uh, fresh dick in other places? No, I wasn't at the time. I'm, I'm only... You know, hooking up with one man at okay. a time. I'm pretty right. lazy in that yeah. regard. And um, we didn't have, we only, we hooked up with one other person one time. You had ever. one threesome. Yeah, ever. And that was, was so boring. And I mean, that, was that your first threesome or just your first threesome? First with him? and only. With him. And how does that, how does a girl get, decide, all right, I'm open minded. I'm going to try this threesome thing and 
tell myself I'm fine with it. How do you, what goes through your mind? This one, we were at a party. He was having a huge party. Okay. And there was another girl. At his house? or At, at his house. Okay. Huge. He had the funnest parties. And so we're at his house and there's another you girl. You still get invited? If you were to have a party, for sure. Can you please take me? <laughs> Dude, he would love, he would be down. Okay. You should go. Okay, because I'm all for it. I'm not a hater. Okay, maybe, okay, go on. maybe there'll be one in October. That'd be fun. Okay, cool. But um, yeah, there was another girl there. and My and plus s- one is my son. No, just kidding. <laughs> that would be, you'd be the coolest one Oh ever. my God. Okay, go on. But um, there's another girl there that he had been hooking up with mm-hmm. every now and then. And we just thought it'd be more fun if we joined forces and stole his attention away from everyone else at the okay. party. You know? Okay, so when you do your first threesome, because I've never had one, I'm sure that's a shock. And, um, like, who goes down on whom? Do you both bone him? What is the routine? I know you had to get a trainer to to teach you how to dance, so I don't even know if you'd be good at this. (laughs) No, yeah, exactly. No, um, (laughs) I wasn't very good at it. I don't think I, you know, I do think... Maybe the other partners might have been more experienced, so yes. I'm not necessarily sure how many favors I was returning or okay. how active I was in this scenario. Yeah. It's kind of unclear, and the memory is a little foggy, to be honest okay. with you. Okay. All right. All right. So then that ends, but it didn't really... Didn't Bucket know, list check. But it didn't, like, freak you out or bother you. It didn't. Okay. And the reason why I didn't like But you were just like, like I don't cool. need to do it again. Yeah. I mean, our relationship just kind of fizzled anyway. Okay. Like, he, you know, he he's running around with all these girls, and I start, you know, doing other things in my life. Yeah, and so, um, but, oh, but yeah. the best part about yes. the Dan relationship, or one of the greatest parts, was yes. um, when we met. He goes, "I want to make you internet famous," and I was like, huh, "I didn't, you know, that wasn't really as much of a thing." Right, because this is now like what, like five years, five six years ago, maybe right? seven or eight. Okay, yeah. okay. And so it wasn't as much of a thing. And he um, set me up on my first photo shoot that went viral, where I ran in slow mo and like a tank top. Okay, and he would post me on his social media every now and then, and it just generated this huge thing. And I had a million followers in six weeks. Wow. So okay. you know, me and Dan are cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Yeah. And so once you had that million followers, now are you living off of I have sponsorships and stuff come to you? No. What's going on for making money off of that? No. Um first of all, I had a twenty three year old brain, so it was okay. not equipped to maybe handle a lot of internet fame. But we didn't have a blueprint of what people did. At that like time. now everybody knows what to do. Yeah. And how to get uh sponsorships and brands and all that. Right. Totally. Yeah. And so the when I was bartending at the bar, uh I remember one day I got paid three hundred dollars to post a protein shake. And I thought, I just made three hundred dollars in twenty minutes and it would take me about seven hours to go do that somewhere. So I'm gonna quit my job and figure this out. Okay. And that was when I quit my job and then I was just on this like little scary hamster wheel of Please God, someone pay me to post something for two years. Yeah, and they did, and I survived. And then by the third year, I ended up getting more lucrative deals that were longer term partnerships. And were you doing like model, like legit modeling stuff, like bikini modeling or anything? Oh my God. No agent, like music videos. So and, though now oh. you had, so now you had like an agent. Did you have a legit no, agent? I didn't just, have an agent ever. They would just DM you, and you would do your own deal. Mm-hmm. Word of mouth, networking. My hairstylist here. We actually met at a photo shoot, my okay. very first one, ironically, but um. Yeah, word of mouth, just like straight up hustling, you know? And, and now, did anything unfortunate happen with meaning kind of paving your own way with like harassment or anything doing these Oh, jobs? my God, all the time. 
But, you know, I'd say some of the, my worst stories were in Louisiana, actually. That workplace abuse and abuse of young women trying to get a job is just rampant. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, I got offered a job to uh, record radio commercials for someone while I was in college. And the guy, uh, I mean, the word is assault, but he, like, grabbed my breasts and started playing with them while I was there. And I was just, you know, a child who was frozen. I think childhood while, is While that you were age. doing the voiceovers? Yeah, or it's like something like in between. I was just kind of like confused. And um, one That time- is so funny because did you ever hear the recording of my first podcasting job here on Podcast One? No. Uh, the owner of it, um, I was doing an ad for Third Love. Um, and he always creeped me out. And I always just – but again, I'm of a certain era where – they say something sexual, and you're like, oh, you poor old man. You yeah. think we're in the same league, and we're not. And uh, ha ha. You know, like almost yeah. like I'm sorry for like the old man that like makes the gross things instead of being like, hey, you sick fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Don't talk to me. Like, I almost am like, the reason like girls like you had to suffer is because women like me didn't fucking speak up when it happened. We just were I like didn't either. being polite. I'm Actually, so Gina, shocked, you know? Gina Davis just, I saw she came out with a book called something like Being Polite, where she talks about all these times where she wishes she would have been like, stop it, like on the movie sets and stuff. So anyway, I, um, so that, but I was doing this ad, and he was, he was got recorded because I was doing the ad, and he was like, um, "Oh," uh, and I go, "And Third Love has memory foam, you know, for your breasts or whatever." And he goes, "Hold on, hold on, uh, can I touch your breasts?" And I'm like, "Huh?" And he didn't grab me, but he said it, and I'm like trying to record this fucking ad, which I'm like not great at recording ads anyway. Like, it takes me a few times to like get to it. So <laughs> this like, guy, yeah. Then he's like. Oh, well, these hands are memory foam. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let me just finish this. And then, and then, um, I, you know, and then I left and he was such a dick about me leaving contract wise, made it really difficult for me to do my podcast elsewhere. And then when all the sexual harassment stuff started to come out, I go, oh, I guess I have my own story. But, you know, he didn't touch me. It was no big deal. And then my friend goes, why don't you just play it and see what people think? So I go, okay, I'll just, play. so I played it. And what was most amazing is that my listeners that were really dedicated listeners at the time were all like, oh, my God, Heather, your whole voice and demeanor changed when he walked into the room. And it's something that I never realized that took like someone else to be like how someone when you're intimidated by an authority figure, especially if it's male, older, more powerful and, you know, Got your depending job on in the their job. hands. Yeah. Like how it, it's so much more when people are like, oh, shut up. If you weren't happy, get another job. People don't understand like how much goes how much psyche goes into yeah. being the subordinate who's being harassed? Oh, like, my God. Yeah. Even the little bars I'd worked at, one time I, I got threatened that if I wasn't extra nice to some man who worked there or who frequented the place that I w- my job would be at risk. And um, and I didn't – I wasn't, like, serving this guy. This guy just had a hard-on for me because I didn't li- – he was a rich guy in town and all the gr- – some girls would sleep with him at the place. And he didn't like it that I paid him no mind. I, right. I was just there to work. Like, I don't give a fuck. And yeah. um, they threatened me, and I called my mom crying, and my mom said, walk in there and tell them you'll sue the brakes off them. And I walked back in there and said that, and, you know, they shut the fuck up. Oh, but, good. But th- my mom gave me helpful advice there. But, yeah, so a lot of, like, my crazy harassment stories, They all, there's so many when you're younger, and then as you get a little bit older, you know, not only do I learn to yeah. avoid these people or spot them quicker, but I think men know that they can harass people who don't have fully formed brains. Not all men, but the men who are abusive um, – they they, that's why the, I said they they know grooming is real. The grooming is <laughs> yeah. real, and they know who to target. Mm-hmm. And 
and if you if they think that you could be a possible target and you um call them on their shit or or show something quickly then they move on it's like i always say harvey weinstein didn't have a hundred percent uh track record there were obviously other people that you know said or a hundred percent of people say no you know what i mean but there were enough along the way that complied that we have yet to hear from Mm -hmm. that that kept him to keep doing it, like when that when his audio was played and he was like, "Come on," and he's plead and the girl's pleading, "Leave me alone," and he's like, "Come on, everybody does this. Just give me a minute. It'll only take a minute." Like it's so, but there's all the other people that it worked for. Why he kept doing it, and then the ones that didn't, then of course he you know sabotaged their careers. But like, yeah, yeah, it's very interesting, and I think it's so great that in the last few years, it's now becoming like, oh my god, or even like years later. When you're like, oh, my God, this – I was groomed and this yeah. did happen to me and I, like, didn't even realize it. And oh how God. fucked up it was. And he was 38 and I was 19. And, like, even just because you're legal. Yeah. Like, a 38-year-old d- dating a 19-year-old is so fucking weird. Yeah. And then And then that they always keep, keep with those ages. Like, like a, yes. a, a half always wants someone who's, like, under 26 – because they're always the going to have that enormous formed. power. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, I just want to be 20 years younger than my wife. No, when he's 80, he doesn't want a 60-year-old. Right. He still wants a 25-year-old. Like, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And it's interesting for me, too, because I'm 31 now. So mm-hmm. I'm at that age where, like, people have, you know, and I, I've read more DMs from men probably than most people will ever see in their lifetime. I've seen more <laughs> male behavior than most men in and women yeah. in their lifetime. Yeah. Because I'm not some super duper star where like I'm not touching this stuff. Yeah. So I've seen it all and um it's kinda wild. And it's wild when you turn thirty and you're like, Oh wait, is my do I really have no value? Or are they trying to con all of us into not realizing their hair falls out and their dicks don't work? You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's a great con. Like, oh my God, you're too old when you're thirty. Well like your stuff isn't working sometimes. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? And also fertility <laughs> issues while we're here, they're 50% men and women. And we, we always put the burden on like, oh, right. like little girls because uh, they're more fertile. Well, so were fucking you when you were younger. And like, so we're supposed to like you now that all your stuff, like, no. Yeah. It's just a con. The ruse, you know, I've uncovered the ruse. So yes. pissy about it. To- no, totally. <laughs> like, what did you think of the Adam Levine um, scandal? I thought, I mean, he's texting someone who doesn't have the brain that has fully formed into what it scientifically would be considered adulthood. Right, which but, is 25 for women and right. 30 for men. We think, yeah. like, our moral compass should be, like, America saying you're 18, you can pay taxes and join the military, therefore let's be, abide by these. That's not something with a moral compass. A moral compass would see an adult around 25. Yeah. You know, especially when they're already an adult themselves. But, um, yeah, I thought, what the fuck? So embarrassing, <laughs> dude. Like... What the f- – and then to ask about the baby name, what an embarrassing doofus. I know. It's so gross. And the baby name thing is so gross because I talked about it before and it reminded me – you know, it, it, it reminded me of other people that have done that. And when I brought that up, people said, yes, that's happened. That's wild. I, or I didn't I, know that. Or I've been the mistress where oh. then – you know, or then he reaches – or, you know, I – I was seeing someone who was married who said he was going to leave with his wife, goes back to his wife, and then contacts them years later. And is like, I just, hi, you know, hi, Kelsey. I just want you to know, um, just want to see how you are. This is my baby. This is Anna Kelsey. Deep or something like, insecurity. Like, what? Things. Like, 
how horrible for the wife and what a weird thing to do to just maybe like be able to reach out later. Ugh. Wait, did you see the yoga instructor though? Because this goes yes. to exactly what we're talking about. The yoga about. instructor that pretty that much taking he someone's harassed. job. Yeah, you know, he harassed uh, many years ago. So this is like 15 years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and how she said, will you tell the story? Like, yeah, I find the yoga story the worst, but um, it's alleged that he's got a yoga instructor. They were working together. They're supposed to go on tour together. And she says that he asked for something along the lines of a naked day to spend together. They wanted to have a naked day or something about being naked. And she ends up getting in a big fight with her partner about it. And um, Because the partner saw him text her that. Right. And then he, she ends up not going on the tour. You know, the job is removed yeah. from her future. Uh, like to steal a, an adult's job. And also what was interesting about Oof. that is that obviously it led to a really bad fight with her boyfriend to the point where I think it got physical. Right. Which, you know... Maybe thank Adam Levine for that because that's not who she'd be with. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, even if a fight doesn't get to a physical point, by what she was saying is by DMing girls that are not asking to be DM'd or whatever, what if their husband or boyfriend sees that? And and he is violent. Or, or even if he's not violent and it causes this big problem where you're like, I was not calling this. I was not asking for this. This yeah. has happened for me personally. Yeah. I had a, a, a big brand endorsement deal. And someone who kind of worked in the brand endorsement deal was um, inappropriate, like the way they texted me and it was flirty in nature. And I had to tell my partner, look, I don't I want to keep my job like I don't want to not be able to get paid. But and you can see every message. You can even write them back. But I don't want to lose my job because this person's inappropriate. And I feel like if I say no, then I will be. And so if you're on my team, I kind of need you to just be okay with this. But that shit's happened. That sucks. That was kind of smart that you did that, though. Like, yeah, he still yelled at me. I mean, he still brought it up in a fight that I was flirting with the boss. And I was like, I told you the truth. Like, yeah, you, you, yeah. Like, this is not fair. Right. But these unwinnable situations are just, they're exhausting. So then when did you, um, so you were obviously doing very well at this point. Like, did you now own real estate? Like, what were you doing with the money that you were just making from posting and modeling? Well, I saved it all. So mm-hmm. I saved it. I, sur- I used it to survive in Los Angeles, but I yeah. saved uh, pretty much everything. So I was able to buy a house a year and a half ago. Oh, and I great. think compared to my peers, that's probably why it seems like I might be doing better. I've just been saving my stuff. I didn't splurge on the car. I don't own a Chanel bag. I knew that I should make my money work for me before... You know, I I have a long life ahead of me. I can buy nice shit forever, but yeah, buy a house first. You know, before you get the car. And now I get the car too. Yeah. So, so, and then when did you join OnlyFans? Almost, I think, two years ago. And had so it was already up and running at that point. Did you have any reservations before joining it? I didn't join it for a long time since it was open because the stigma. And -hmm. I thought it was reserved more for just strictly adult film stars. Yeah. Um. But then the same group that actually works with Dan Bilzerian and was were really responsible for me becoming viral, they convinced these glamour girls to go on the site. So they convinced the UFC ring girls and they convinced some of these bigger playmate or playboy type glamour models. Yeah. So once those women that I kind of looked up to joined the site, then I did too because I just followed their move and I thought if they're doing it, I would do it. And so when you joined, was it just explosive? Were you like, I cannot believe I can make this much money in a month? Yeah. It was pretty shocking. Pretty fucking shocking. And I joined on my birthday, so it was quite the birthday. (laughs) Because the first day is kind of like the biggest on the site because people have been asking you to go on it for, you know, a year's time. So then when you start it, it it was And like, And tell me how, when you started, was it immediately like 
hey, follow for $20 a month, and I post this often. Mm-hmm. And Mine th- is free. So I don't have a subscription fee. I okay. just – people pay for content because if people do the subscription pages, yeah. they still pay for content on those pages. Okay. And I just haven't done that. I've just kept it free, and then people can pay for whatever. Probably so when people nice. say, So when people say, I want to pay for content, so that's like a private mm-hmm. – or do you say – like you can caption it like what this entails, right? So this okay. will be photos of this or videos like this. You make the caption really flirty, a little bit pervy, and um, you know. Oh wait, I think I went and looked at your stuff once, and I thought I thought, oh, you do have a good hook, naughty caption. You, yeah, you were like, I'm gonna go uh, do some jumping jacks. True. Come on <laughs> I mean, over. I mean, you know, if I'm gonna. <laughs> It's a great so use you, of so natural you throw talent. that out. You go, I'm going to do some jumping jacks. If you want to see me do my jumping mm-hmm. jacks, then click on here. And then they click on there. And then you charge them $20 to see the jumping jacks. Yep. And then it goes to okay. like they, they have a vault with all the content they've bought so they can see it over Go time. back and enjoy the mm-hmm. jumping jack. But you can also live stream. I love that. I think people really like that on the platform. But you okay. can live stream for an hour and people pay to join the show or like, you know, watch you talk for an hour. Or in my case, try on multiple outfits or be at a photo shoot. So um, what about like when I was watching – who's the – Who's the, who was the girl on Real Housewives of Miami that said she made so much on it? Larsa. Oh, yeah. Okay, so when I was watching, Larsa goes, oh, I make $10,000 a day. And she said basically that she gets in like um, one-on-one texting conversations with people mm-hmm. where then she'll be like, okay, well, for $10, I'm going to answer their question. Or for $20, I'm going to send you a photo. Yeah, the DMs are like a huge part. And you can um – there's also a way where you can kind of only live stream to them. I've never done that before. Okay. But I kind of want to. And but then, the, yeah, there's all kind of stuff. But people get to talk to you directly, which I think is one of the biggest. But do cells. you ever have to see their face? You can. Yeah, you can and set do it up you to want where. To. Depends. <laughs> but I think the site blurs the content before, so just like Instagram kind of does now. Okay. So you can kind of like decide if you want to click. But yeah, it's it's very interesting. Because I was thinking when Larsa Pippen was explaining it. Okay. I was thinking, okay, so let's say I'm model girl, whatever, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to go do this. If I really wanted to go hardcore with it and really make – not hardcore sex, just make the hardcore most amount of money and stuff. Wouldn't it be possible for me to hire someone, an assistant of some sort, where I'm like, here's my phone. Here's a ton of photos. And you could have like – or even multiple people DMing them. And as you and being like, hey, sexy, um, want to see my underwear? And then they send the photo of underwear and you could be like yeah. in a, on a massage cha- <laughs> table by yourself. Is that possible? The, it is possible. And okay. they have agencies that that do things like that. Oh, really? Okay. They also have ways to cue content. So you can take the underwear photo with the hey, sexy or whatever and have it scheduled for like Tuesday at six. Yeah. When you're somewhere else. So a lot of people have all of that stuff already queued. But I just thought that's kind of interesting because these guys are thinking that you're actually like going and it might not even be you. And there's no way to prove that it's not you because it's not like a live webcam thing. Yeah. I think everyone is different, but you know. And then have you ever been like, I'm never going to get this dirty and then I've crossed the line and gotten a little dirtier on it? Totally. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I was very, um, like, just like very strictly lingerie and bikini type stuff. And then the outfits got a little more sheer over time. Okay. And then, like, like I'll shake my ass every now and then. Yeah. 
And that's about but as nothing as like no. I'm not doing anything like porn, sexual. You're not doing um, masturbation or anything, naked. huh? I've never even been fully naked. On yeah, me, which is kind of crazy. And so you're rolling in the dough. How many hours a day or a week do you think you work on all this stuff? All the fucking time. I know it's like endless, right? Endless, and it's uh, like being creative nonstop and being in a good mood nonstop because you kind of have to be in a good mood to want to take sexy pictures of yourself, yeah, or talk to people or host them on a live stream, right? And I'll notice like if there are months where I'm sick or depressed or something, like it's the site reflects how I feel, right? And yeah. it's a lot of pressure because when you have a great opportunity, you want to use it. And someone like me, who the second I could work, work double shifts and yeah, in You're, college the whole time, you have a work ethic. I take it very seriously, yeah. and I didn't hire the agency i run the page by myself because it's the the experience that i thought i'd rather give my followers right it seems a little authentic if you yeah. didn't but so it's i'm a shit like ton of work yeah yeah and there there are times when you know i would wake up at 5 a.m and do messages for three hours but yeah my routine is kind of crazy it, it's really interesting and, and what did you think about like when the Bella Thorne joined and that kind of changed the dynamic what was the story behind that why people were so mad that Bella Thorne and then they like capped how much people could pay, or what was that all about? I f- I think the story was like the content wasn't what was advertised, or something like that. Like, but I don't know if that's true because I I don't know what she captioned or like what she posted. But people were you know upset. I think a lot of people were just in general upset that like celebrities had joined something that maybe was profitable for sex work and people in um, different avenues, but. You know, I think the universe is abundant. I think there's, yeah. there's everyone can get theirs, and but I do think it's a little crass. Everyone showing how much money they make or like bragging about. I just think. Well, I think sometimes those are um, just like fake news. Like, yeah. oh, those statements can. I think some of those statements are fake too. Like, I mean, the Catch Me Outside girl made what was she made like sixty million in a year? She's literally like. Do you I, think that's real? I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, like, that girl over you, like, she has more people that want to see her. I don't know. I don't know. And then uh, Black China, they said, made two. What'd they say? I think they said two, something ridiculous. She made $200 million a month or $20 million a month or something. Oh, my God. I think that was just misinformation. But I do think she could make 200000 a month. You know how, like, a month oh my or God. a year. They said she made two hundred forty million a year. There's no way she literally lives up the street from where you are right now. <laughs> like I, the house is very money. nice, but it's there's no way. And even Tokyo Ch- Tyner, whatever her name, Tokyo Tony. Tokyo Tony, she, her mom even was like, no. And I go, no. But does she maybe have months where she makes a hundred or two hundred thousand a month? Yes, I think that is possible. You know how you can yeah. like Google people's net worth and it's just some random number. It's so weird. It's I've, like I've looked no at my fact own, checking. I'm like, all right. No, I wish yeah. it. I like, think so. like all that should be taken with a grain of salt. Yeah. And also, I mean, one thing I've learned about living in L.A., like you can earn money and have no money. Like people the, – yeah. well, the way people are responsible with their money, like it's just – people would be surprised how people actually So live. you would never – you haven't paid for yourself to fly private. Hell no. I would never do that. I don't – I. I would prefer the commercial flights because I think they're safer. Wait, I want to go back to ask the question. No. Wait, I want to go back to the, these crazy trips. So did you ever go on these crazy Dan, like, what's his name? Bilzerian trips where they're like, you know, in Africa and jumping off cliffs and all the girls are rolling around in these streets <laughs> together. And like, what if like one girl is just like, like fucking eating like a horse and now oh all of a sudden like has a pooch 
And Stop. can't like roll around. Has that ever happened? Or just every girl knows to just starve, be happy, take the photos, and so, suck a dick. I have no idea. I feel like every every trip is different, every vibe. And I haven't gone on a vacation with Dan in, you know, seven years. But we did. We went on a fun snow trip to, you know, we were in Breckenridge and we did snowmobiling and all and that. And then did everyone have to go out in the snow with just their bikinis on and a snow hat? Not at that time. Oh. But. I love those photos. Just oh, like a white bikini They are the cute. And um, now, does he ever have any friends where someone is like, I know I'm going to not get the main one, but maybe I'll get a second tier dick that has a, a bank account. He's no? got, well, I guess the answer to that might be yes. Okay. He's got, uh, there's girls all around. He's got guy friends around. And I think a lot of people, I guess there's also a lot of people w- hanging out with Dan who really enjoy the experience. Like right. it is a party. It is fun. They're not like vying for Dan's uh, hand there was in marriage. One, there you know? was one photo I saw where they were all getting on a plane and they all had like Louis Vuitton bags and they were all wearing like tiny, they're all so thin and they were like tiny little um, shorts and like, you know, a crop top and under tit and then just like those giant tennis shoes that are in right now. <laughs> I'm not, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I'm not into that look. But yeah. anyway, they were getting on the, and I was like, so did, did every girl get to shop for that bag or they were just given the bags? Pro- I have no idea. And then how do you get um, to be asked back and how do you get to be kicked off the list when you're just a pretty girl that gets to go on fancy trips? What is the key? I have no freaking clue. This is the I problem. I wonder how long I you can no go without doing anything sexual and still being asked back. I would imagine. Like do you have to clean the kitchen, just act like a delight? Because like no. in a non-sexual way, when I'm like a guest of like a rich person, it's like did I – was I a entertaining enough? Like I'm the, the, the like little court gesture, or you know, because it's not going to be that I made like the killer dinner. Yeah. So it's like, what do you do when you're just in a sea of hotness, hoping to be invited back? That's a great question. I literally have no idea. <laughs> it's hard because we as like you know, we actually met in real life. Like it, as yeah. weird as that is, there was no. Uh, I had no idea what was going so on. You knew about the trips. No, and the whole so thing. it's yeah. so uh, so honest. My experience yeah. with Dan. So I have no fucking clue what these people are like and like what they do. I just know how it was when we hung out. You know, yeah. I have no idea. It's I live. I my uh, my perception is of like the world in Hollywood and LA. It's a lot different than I think anyone would. Imagine. How is it different, do you think, than what people think? I don't have the secret rich husband. I don't okay. have a husband. I don't have uh, stage parents. I didn't yeah. come from money. Yeah. I think just those things combined have kind of made my experience unique. I only got, went to college because I worked my ass off and get a scholarship. Yeah. I only made it here because I worked my ass off and, you know, yeah. bartended. So I know what it's like to have no money. I know what it's like to have money. I've been around the dance and I've been around swamp people. So, like, my... The view of the world is a lot different yeah. than most people. And especially being considered kind of conventionally attractive or really pretty. I also have that experience because I know I wake up looking like a potato too. Like there's just. I don't think you do. but Oh whatever. my God. No, I got those days. I have a very masculine, normal side to me that's fun in the hair kind of. It's true. I really have a boyish side to me. I yeah. didn't really explain it. But 
So yeah, my do they only fans different. ever people do ever they ask to see that? Like I want to see right when you wake up, no makeup, and I, you do that type of stuff. I post no makeup very often, yeah. actually more than I post with makeup. Well, you don't have a lot on right now. We were just <sighs> talking about before the show started about makeup artists and like that you now you do your own makeup. Yeah, I feel more comfortable with less. I, and I think we all went through that phase with like the heavy lash and the yeah, contouring. I kind of I kind of I have some heavy lash and contouring. I don't know. No, it's it looks hard good. to get out of the the phase of it. I never did the baked under the eye. So oh, I. When I'd watch that. those things, I'd be like, oh, my God. Like, you, you took found, the one step of foundation and made it 12. Like, yeah. do you really need 12 steps of, like, shadowing and shading? And We did all yeah. that. And then, like, the two hours of applicating and Yeah, that's just, like, applying yeah, so, it. So applicating is not a word, but. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. So um, when I see these young girls, though, I'm like, I don't know what advice to give them. Like, your advice would be good. Like, have your, like, I guess my advice to be if you're one of these pretty girls that are a juicy scooper who is listening to this show and you have been on the trips and stuff. I just think, like, yeah, just be a delight on the trip, get what you can out of it, followers, friendships. Don't screw over any of the girl that invited you. Yeah. Like, don't be a friend poacher. Yeah. And yeah, and just and try to work your own thing because it's not going to last forever. Yeah, I think everyone should have their why with something. Like sometimes yeah. you don't date the guy that you think you're going to marry. But like if you're having a ton of fun and you're 23 or something, who cares? But also, um, I will tell you a secret. Yes. Guys, like guys will love the fact that you dated Dan. They will love the fact that you hung out with him. Whether they say it or not, they're going to use it against you in relationships, whatever. Deep down, they love that you hung out with Dan. It is a big clout for whoever you want to date next. So just get a photo with him and post it on your shit. Okay, you know what I find so interesting about that is like um, I was once hanging out with uh, Jill Zarin and her boyfriend Gary. And, you know, I never even knew like one – I never understood what a one percenter was until like Mm -hmm. Jill Zarin had me stay at her house in the Hamptons. Like I – because I grew up here, you know, um, with parents – like I just thought it was great that my parents could send me to a private Catholic school. Like I thought we were rolling in it. Like I didn't even – I never understood what what generational wealth was. I didn't know what a trust fund was. I thought like – we have a fucking pool and air conditioning. Are you kidding me? Lit. And then I got to USC and they're like, yeah, but where are your other homes? I'm like, what? And like, I was just like, what do you mean? You know, my grandfather was a, a fireman. Like, I, I like, not, I just thought you, and then I thought when you graduate from college, then you're, that's it. Like, yeah. you, there's no money for a down payment. Like, you got to make that money. Like, that's, yeah. so I think it's like so interesting. And now, like, I saw this thing where they're like, wow, there's a certain, uh, number there's a certain percentage of the population coming up of people that won't have to work like because we've been in america for you know 250 years yeah there is this generational wealth and they don't even and it's like so weird you know yeah. and it's like and i think when you don't know it and um and so but anyway getting back to what gary said so he was like oh you know we were talking about this person then is the second wife of this person and the third wife of this person and and I'm like, and he goes, you know, a billionaire wants to marry another billionaire's ex-wife oh. more than the than the than the model than the 22 year old. Yep, they want to have what? And I was like, I don't think enough people realize that, but it mm-hmm. all makes perfect sense. It's very when true. you look at the elite. Once they, you know, it's like the Yolanda Hadid went from Muhammad to David Foster, and David Foster, she said. 
David Foster was visiting with Mohammed when they were divorced, and he said, who's that? And Mohammed said, that's my ex-wife. And he goes, I want to meet her. Now, Yolanda is beautiful. Right. But I'm saying, like, especially, especially when they're looking for, like, a second or third wife. It's not, you know, once in a while you can be yeah. the girl that, you know, took their order at Hooters and married the billionaire. <laughs> but, or the millionaire. But a lot of it is, is that. And... It kind of gives me Pete Davidson vibes, too. Yes. he dated, like, the most beautiful person. So since she co-signed, you know, she was madly in love. And, like, there's got to be something about this guy because we admire her so much. Your cred goes up because of, yeah. And I I always say the same thing with um, powerful women whose husbands or boyfriends now cheat, whether it be Lamar or Tristan. Sorry that she had both Chloe. But so much of it was, I think, girls – I mean, every girl knows that – that Tristan and Lamar were with a Kardashian, was with Chloe. They yeah. can't go, oh, I didn't know. Yeah. But they don't care because it's like, what, like they're probably way more obsessed with Chloe and the Kardashians yeah. than they ever were with Lamar and Tristan. Oh, no, yeah. For they sure. d- and it's one, it's one degree closer to the case. You know, it's not. Completely agree. Because there's a million other basketball dicks that that girl probably has the body to get. Yeah. Why is she with that person? No, of course. they. Sh- I, t- I call it like a shiny penny. Yeah. Like a, you can like date a guy and like shine him like a, you know, a shiny penny and other people look at him now. Right. It's exactly. And, and men can do that too. Like a Dan can do that to someone. So it's interesting. But then I also think with a Pete Davidson mm-hmm. is I think there's that moment which girls have too that kind of step outside their type or just want to change. And they're having so love, and then they wake up and they just see the fucking ugly face <laughs> next to her. No, and he's cute. I'm just saying. He's not. A, I'm just saying. I think he's appealing too. Mm-hmm. I think he's funny. I get the vibe, but I can see why it's not a forever vibe for someone like Kim. Yeah. Like it was a good distraction and fun. But I think then she looks over and like, you know, sees those chicken legs in the. And I have chicken legs too, but like just sees those legs in like a pair of socks, <gasps> and he's like. Yeah. Wait a minute. Like, I've had friends that are, like, go off on, like, a different type. And everyone's like, this is great. Opposites attract. And then they have that moment when they're like, all right, what the fuck am I doing? Like, this is, you yeah. know. But I think, yeah, like, who he ends up with, who knows. And I think his strategy is the same, too. Like, he had a very serious girlfriend who was Larry David's daughter. And she was pretty and she was smart and she was funny. And you would think that, you know, and that was a great match. Mm-hmm. But the minute he stepped out... And then started dating the more famous people, then he all of a sudden his career skyrocketed. And yeah. so he loved everything that brought to. Like he acts like he's the comedian. There's so many comedians that act like they're they're the ones wearing the sloppy clothes yeah. and drinking the cheap coffee and they're like, I don't care about this no. Hollywood bullshit. They're so and Hollywood. they're the most hypocritical, most Hollywood, most thirst trap people ever. I know. The most about flying private, the most about like um, you know, oh, I want to be the most famous person. And they, it's like such a ruse. Like, Dude. who cares? And just like dating right now is so hard. Like, yeah. Just a, so, what's just your gonna... deal now? Um, I'm kind Romance of. Romance wise. I'm seeing someone. Okay. But we're not. It's tough. I think it's just really tough dating with the internet, honestly. Dating with social media, dating yeah. with people who have these crazy different lives and stories. It's, it's hard. If it's not one thing, it's another. Everyone's Have you ever something. gone and met someone through like a legit, um, just an introduction or like a matchmaker that obviously wouldn't charge you, but someone that's like, I have someone amazing. No? Um, no. And I steer, I don't want to 
I honestly really don't want to date a really wealthy man. It sounds yeah. like a good idea, but I'm concerned that, like, there could be a lot of abuse when someone has a lot of money. There's a lot of Where, ways they can punish when, you. Well, when the um, when it's such an uneven playing field. Yeah. It's like I always say, you know, I know girls that are third and fourth and even fifth wives. And they're so sweet to their husband. Like, so much nicer than a first wife because they kind of have to be, and they should yeah. be nice, but the dynamic is so different so than different. than a husband and wife that you know met in their late twenties and got rich together at fifty. Like yeah. that relationship is so different than when that you know six year old man is dating or married to his third wife who's you know thirty. Yeah. Like it is going to be completely different because it's it's just a different dynamic, and it doesn't mean that it can't work. But you got to know your place and then like – and then legally there's a lot of stuff legally that happens because if this guy has been divorced three times and your wife number four, you better believe he's going to know yeah, what to put in that. <laughs> and you better make sure that these gifts are actually gifts you can keep <gasps> and all that stuff. Yeah. Stop. Well, that's – you know what? That's so interesting about Juicy Scoop and about Bravo yeah. as someone who is a 31-year-old woman who's considering marriage and kids or whatever – Man, it makes you it makes you see things that are really important. Like you know, you can be blamed for the crimes of a man, and you, yeah. you can see what happens. You know, it's ten years Jane, in yeah. to the asshole, and what happened. Like you know, yeah. it's just very eye opening. It's scary. Yeah, it really is. But I, it, but it is, it, it, there's a lot of lessons, yeah. life lessons you could learn from a real housewife. True. I mean, one of mine was just I remember watching Gina Kino go visit her son at baseball. Which now looking back, I'm like, that kid didn't know she was coming and he didn't know the cameras were coming and he was stressed. And I met Gina and I I talked to her about it. I go, I always feel so bad for the both of you that that's forever in a marathon like twice a year where your kid comes off absolutely horrific. But I remember seeing it as, as a mom of boys and I was like, I never want my son to talk to me like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But so it's like there's certain things that you, you do gain from like watching this. Yeah. Woman, a lot being of like, I don't want that or I do want that or, yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Definitely. So you're out there. <laughs> I love it. And what's like your, what is like, where would you like to see yourself in five years? This is, this is a good question. Uh, this is the problem. I'm kind of at the, I've done the modeling thing for a long time. Yeah. And I got a lot of talent. I do. I really do. I have a lot of talents and a lot of different things. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, I'm totally enamored by uh, like design and business and I love to write and I've been acting and I don't, it would be wrong if I put it all into one box. So I have no fucking clue what I'm going to do. But so are, you are pursuing it. acting. You really should. Yeah. I've got a film coming out. 18 oh, good. And over. It's pretty good. I, I was funny in it. Yeah, oh my God. That's awesome. But, um, yeah, When's I've it done coming some- out? Soon, I'm not exactly sure. But Do you know soon, what, where it's get, where we can watch it on demand? Yeah, somewhere on demand. Good, but yeah, I've done some stuff, and who knows? Well, I just I don't want to limit it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd be lying. I'm doing a lot of self discovery. Is it a Randall right Emmett film? No, good. but I did do one of those. I did one of those. Good, good. Yeah, I met Randall on a plane. Oh my god, I met him. Yeah, really, a long time ago, pre Vanderpump. Oh, really? Pre Lala. Yeah, I, well, sort of. I thought he was the inspiration for Ari Gold. His personality was so strong. I was like, is this the guy from Entourage? Just, that's I what I thought. I think he was supposed to be the inspiration of Turtle. Interesting. Uh, but, you know, because originally he was the assistant to, um, he was the assistant to Mark Wahlberg in real life. And then he became, I believe, his agent or manager and then became a movie producer. 
So, you know. Very interesting, very charismatic personality. Very charismatic, yeah. 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 You know. Yeah. It's a very interesting story. It's, it's a juicy story that continues on. Yeah. Well, I think you're super outgoing and talented and gorgeous, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed hearing your life story, and thanks for all the scoop. Thank you Everybody, for the scoop. you can go and follow her <laughs> and, you know, see what she's all about on Instagram, and it's her last name is it's Lindsay, P-E-L-A-S. Yeah, It'll thanks, pop guys. right up at 8.7 million. Shh. Tag me, bitch. I, I will. could use a few more. I got you. I'll do my best. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you.